Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Yeah, I'm like everybody else. I looked at the markets. I went, huh. But it wasn't that bad of a huh, considering what we've seen in these grain markets. A little bit of a pullback is okay. From a livestock perspective, unfortunately, the the negativity does continue. And we are going to talk about the struggles within this cattle market and keep it as politically correct as possible today. But we're going to kick it all off, uh, obviously looking at what we're seeing, um, the moves in the grain, and what we should be doing at this point. We know that planting is underway, and we've got a first notice day on Friday. So lots to talk about this afternoon as Darren Festival joins us he is with lakefront futures so darren let's start out there we saw the moves in the grain the last couple days to the upside a tuesday turns down into the negative but still not bad no no i I don't think anybody's going to complain about beans being off 19 20 corn down six and seven after we've seen the type of runs we've had And, and and to be honest with you this market probably needs a break it needs a healthy break um, at these pace, this is not sustainable, especially for cattle guys. And, but, you know, subscribers and clients know that I have been talking about this potential move, especially in the May, uh, in particular, leading up the first notice day. The reason being, I, I said, you know, three weeks ago, I said, do not rule out if you get above 636 and a half to see a larger move push higher towards 694 to 727 and some people probably read that and said you know what holy moly this guy is he's really really bullish not that i'm really really bullish but when you when you have merchandisers especially in say parts of iowa that weren't affected by the duratio calling producers and having them deliver their june and july contracted corn for the last three months now something's going on and then you look at the countryside basis all around and not just here in nebraska but look at the east the eastern corn belt look at north dakota uh all the way down to oklahoma texas the basis is telling you something when you're getting 30 40 50 60 above the board a commercial will offer to pick those bushels up for you on your farm they're telling you something where are these bushels now granted there's probably some going to be producers that are having, you know, the bins doors, you know, locked and sealed shut at this point. One, because they have been flushed with some government funds. Is that the reason why some of this is not out there? Or are we dealing with a much bigger issue when it comes down to, okay, obviously the USDA, we know the last couple of years has been, I will say, off on some of their numbers. Well, how off are they when it comes to supply? Because really, you start wondering if you have situations that start to arise where you have that summer bushel corn being delivered in February, March, April, what happens in June and July? Where's the corn going to come from? Where's the beans going to come from? So that's why I said, you know, watch this big push into the May, May 1st notice day. And really, if we have some weather, Watch the same type of move. The same type of move that we're seeing now in May could happen under the July contract once you get out there. And heaven forbid, we haven't even talked about weather yet. Yeah. I, I want to lead folks to your Twitter page since you brought up weather. I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to go to South America first. And specifically Brazil, I have never seen such a sad picture of corn before pollination. For a second there, had I not known it was corn, I thought, huh, they're growing pineapple in, in Brazil now, because that safrina corn crop looks like pineapple. 
it it's not looking good. And 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 as we were talking before, I, I was talking to a lot of my contacts in Brazil here this morning, and it, it's a sad situation for obviously the Brazilian producer here. But you look at places like Mato Grosso and Mato Grosso de Sul and Panara, huge huge producing uh, corn states. And granted, this is the problem that we had. We, we knew that there could be a problem because of the, how late this crop was planted as Brazil enters their dry period from May to November. You know, it's the same thing like if we planted, you know, if we planted late May or late, you know, early parts of June around here, well, you could do it, but you run that risk of an early frost. They do it, they run the risk of a dry spell. They're running into a pretty stout dry spell right now that, you know, if they don't get rain, and I, I'm saying like now, over the next week, um, it, it is very, very possible that that total corn crop is under 100 million metric tons. This would tighten up that world stocks use ratio, would tighten up the world balance sheets, continue to put pressure on U.S. supplies here. I think that uh, the new crop acres on U.S. are going to be there. I think we've been incentivized especially from a producer standpoint that likes planting corn, even though they may have some corn on corn issues. I think the market has done enough to convince them to plant corn here. I'm questioning the beans. I even though beans have had a big run, um, but boy, with Brazil, we have to watch that closely because that could continue to really put pressure on this new crop market. And I want to talk about that pressure too, because we have seen, you know, the big discussion that continues as we try to get a crop in the ground what does this mean for our producers? Well, you know, we've had a very good run here. And I, I'm not saying the run is over, but as I mentioned earlier, I think that this market needs to take a step back, needs to take a little bit of a breather here. Um, I still think that there is uh, plenty of opportunity to the upside here, but we're going to get a lot planted here over the next couple of weeks. We've got to watch how the weather is. I think this crop is going to get off to a really decent start. How do we go into the June summer time frame and how does the market perceive that the the crop prospect at that point i think that's a major question we all have to figure out and wait for well i know we're going to have to head to break here but real fast does this put pressure on the corn versus bean acres here in the states because of what's happening in brazil uh yes it does but a lot of those decisions probably have already been made hard to change your mind this late in the game isn't it stick Stick around. We've got more coming up as we continue the Fontenelle final bell. We'll talk about uh, a little bit more about what's happening in our grain complex as we continue to finish up and for some start this planting season. And then most importantly, the struggles that we see within this cattle market. A lot's coming up on a Tuesday. The Fontenelle final bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Finishing up talking the grain complex with Darren Fessler. Darren, again, is with Lakefront Futures. So I want to talk about this wheat complex because, I mean, we saw the May finish up at 733 in Chicago, 732 for July. And even uh, looking at where we're at in Minneapolis, I mean, Minneapolis, 739 on the nearbys, Darren. And, and Kansas City's not doing too bad either. Kind of give us your philosophy of what's happening within this wheat. Well, I, I think that over the last couple of weeks, we've seen very unseasonable-like conditions that I, I think probably have nipped the corn market, or at least, or the wheat market, excuse me, th- that it, the perception may not be there, like the quality is there. Um, and then you look at the, the decline in ratings yesterday, 
um, at the you know in the crop progress, and, and then how this wheat's starting to look. You know, a lot of contacts in, in clients that I have in say Western Kansas um, are reporting back very so-so-like conditions. But I, I think that the overall wheat complex is also being driven by money flow like the corn like the beans are doing where you're seeing some technical levels start to break now grant i have said some things out to clients and you need to put some stuff on social media i'm like well if you break up a certain levels watch 732 chicago wheat i think i think it's going there and it just happened to be we went there um and the same thing with minneapolis now minneapolis if you look at the hardcore areas of spring wheat country the western parts of north dakota in montana very very dry um and even the red river valley it, it's not getting it's good right now but what if these you know north dakota areas start just the drought breeds more drought i think the story in the wheat market will go from KC and Chicago wheat to a spring wheat in a hurry, especially if it remains dry. And now you've got above 660 on the, on the July uh, spring wheat and you skyrocketed to 750. And I think $758 is a, is a, is a sweet spot. If you get above the 17, the 2017 highs of 816 and you have a story in wheat and you have money flow back in a lot of these ag commodities, I think it, you, you could run this thing to the upper nines to $10, which would continue to put pressure, upward, good upward pressure, on the KC, on the Chicago wheat markets. Who knows? Can we rule out $8 KC wheat? I don't think we can rule it out, but there's one thing I want to mention about the KC and the Chicago are we pricing ourselves out of the market? Because we are, by far, the most expensive wheat in the world. So we got to it's not slowing the demand down on the corn and the beans, but it will it slow down the demand for wheat, especially if you have some other areas of the country that are thirty, forty, fifty dollars a metric ton cheaper than the U.S. market. So that's something to watch. But the spring wheat market, I still think, remains very, very strong into this summer time frame. Sounds good. Let's switch gears and look at the livestock. Unfortunately, uh, a struggle does continue within this cattle market. And you had a great analogy that we got to share with the listeners because I think it really makes uh, perfect sense. And we're going to do some car shopping while we do it. Yeah. You know, it's it, 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 the, the, what's going on in cattle, uh, it just almost makes my blood boil because it's it feels as though the producer who has the product and is you know basically feeding that cow – Six and seven dollar corn is not getting that in the in the other side of it, where their commodity prices should be higher. And the analogy that I, I continue to use with clients is if I take a Ferrari and a Buick, all right, and I put that Buick motor inside a Ferrari, that Ferrari's not going to be worth as much, right? So how is it that I put six and seven dollar corn inside of a feeder cow, and that cow is not worth as much? And it kind of makes you wonder what's going on behind the scenes when the Packers have the margin of five, six, seven hundred dollars ahead, and who who's really doing at the at the end of the day who's buying up some of these feeder price these feeder cows? Now I know the feeder prices are coming down cash side pretty big in the last week, probably because of corn, but it really kind of makes a guy wonder because these are not sustainable levels for for cattle without getting much higher levels. So if there is an ag commodity that has not made a run, it is by far the cattle complex. And I, I think they're tremendously undervalued here. I think there's a lot of value in cattle 
uh, and there's some obviously some dislocation with with the price of corn and the price of cattle that needs to come into uh, uh, a little bit more harmony than what it is right now. So is there some banking on seeing some good beef movement here in, in the coming weeks, get through Mother's Day, head into summer, and folks just wanting to be out, especially since the mask mandate outdoors has been relaxed? <laughs> As you're laughing. (laughs) I think you're going to see a grilling season in America like you've never seen one before. I am not bearish cattle at these levels, regardless of the prices. You're going to see uh, grills firing up left and right. All right. What's the best way to get a hold of you to talk more grain and livestock markets? They can reach me directly at 312-858-3668. And don't forget over on Twitter at? DDF Alpha. Check it out. Lots of graphs, charts, and good, strong information. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell. Commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss. are not suitable for all investors. It's been brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.